Jesus, son of a bitch, I got it. What are you? Some kind of doomsday machine, boy. Well, we got a cage strong enough to hold an animal like you here. Captain, would you enlighten the sheriff, please? Yes, sir. J.W., let me have a word with you. J.W., now this fellow's from London, England. He's an Englishman working in cooperation with our boys, a sort of secret agent. Secret agent? On whose side? What's the problem in which we rewatch movies from our youth to determine if they're problematic by today's standards? I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Live and Let Die, which was released in the US on June 27th, 1973, in the UK on July 12th, 1973, and in Ireland on August 17th, 1973. It was written by Tom Mankiewicz and directed by Guy Hamilton. It stars Roger Moore, Yafet Koto, uh, Kato? Kodo? I think so. uh, Jane Seymour, Jeffrey Holder, Bernard Lee, uh, Lewis Maxwell, Gloria Hendry, and Clifton James. Mm. Lewis Maxwell. Lewis, yeah. whatever. Lo- women. <laughs> well, I'm bad at... I know, it's okay. I've always read names wrong. It's all right. It's, it's fine. It's okay. Okay. I think our okay. listeners know by now <laughs> that we mess up names. It's fine. I don't okay. I don't think people give a shit. Most of the cast of this fucking movie's dead anyway. Who cares? Right. That's dark. <laughs> um yeah, what's gonna happen is this Jen and I have fought three problems. This movie has three each and a positive and we're gonna talk about it. But first I am going to say a quick synopsis about the movie. And it is thus British secret agent James Bond is sent to America to stop a diabolically brilliant heroin magnate armed with a complex organisation and a reliable psychic tarot card reader. There you go. She's reliable. <laughs> um, Jen, there's no point asking about your history because it was the first time you saw this movie. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. the first time I've seen it. It's my, and this is my first... I mean, the, the history that's important to mention mm-hmm. is that I've seen Casino Royale and I don't consider that... A traditional James Bond movie no. from what yeah. you know I've heard. So this is my first traditional James yeah, Bond yeah, movie yeah. ever. So I can't be comparing it to like Sean Connery or anything like that. No, no, because you haven't seen. Um, I can because I have seen. I think I've seen all of the Bond movies now. Um, my grandfather used to. He wasn't my grandfather, surrogate grandfather, but yeah, it's close enough. Um, he used to love watching. The Bond movies when they were on TV. Um, never time they were on TV, he would watch them, and this just seemed to be the one that I remember seeing the most when I was a kid. And it's funny you mention your grandfather because my grandfather hated the movies, and his name was James Bond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I remember watching this vividly on TV because it freaked me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Seeing Baron Sandy 
uh, Andy Snake at the start, and I also remember his head exploding towards the end when he gets shot in the head, and that sort of thing just freaked me out as a kid, because as we've established, I was quite a pussy when I was a kid, I didn't watch <laughs> horror movies until I was a teenager, so a ch- child me was terrified of stuff like that, but as I got older, I tracked it down, watched it, I bought the VHS, I think this is, I have Skyfall as well, but Apart from that, it's the only one I own on Blu-ray. Uh, it's the only one I've owned on VHS. And I think it's the only one I've owned on DVD as well. I don't know why. I'm just I'm just drawn to Live and Let Die. And it's not even the best one. <laughs> I, I should warn you, uh, I watched this at work. And I took great notes, wrote down my problems. And then left my notes <gasps> at work. So... Oh, no. Yeah, so I'm going. I'm going okay. without notes. That should be interesting then. Yeah, I had to really think about my pro. Like I remembered the first, a couple of the problems, but the third problem I wasn't sure about. But whatever, I, yeah. I figured it out. Yeah, I've, I've... but I'd written down quotes and stuff, and I'm not gonna okay. Have... Okay, let's just get the problems first. I was reading my notes there. Uh, my first problem is, and I didn't really want to say it, but as what as I watched the movie. <laughs> Um, through the eyes of someone from 2022, I just have to say the movie's pretty racist. That, that was one of my problems. Even Yafet Koto thought it was racist. He hated playing the bad guy in this movie. And that was, you know, you're taking all my trivia. No, you, you can say it, because I'm just going to move on to something else. But the thing is, it's not just racist towards um, black people, which it is a lot, but there is also elements where it's racist towards white people as well. Some of the terms that are used and I don't know if that was just Tom Mankiewicz's Mankiewicz that dude um, if it was just him just saying look I'm not just racist towards black people we're also racist towards whites black people are calling us honky and stuff it's 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 fine mm. and they say honky three times yeah 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 so is that your first problem as well? Yeah, um, I, I did some research on it because sometimes when it comes to stuff from this time period, it's hard for me to tell how like racist or misogynistic mm-hmm. things are. I've mentioned before the whole like yeah. these company thing where it's both progressive and offensive mm-hmm. at the same time. And I they were trying to capitalize on black black exploitation films because those were really yeah. popular at the time. Um but because it's one of those things where like I'm watching it and it's obviously mm. racist, but I also know that sometimes when I look into these things, like when it comes to female representation or um, representation of people of color, it turns out certain groups, ac- these groups actually were happy with it just because they mm. were being represented, even if it wasn't super well. Um, so I was looking into it and it seems if there were people that were happy to see the diversity, like I was you know, happy to see so many black people in it, but yeah. it was racist. And um, it's, I just, whenever I was watching it, I hadn't thought about the black exploitation popularity point of part of it. And um, so that was interesting to read about, but yeah, it's, it's racist. I, and I feel bad for black actors at the time because you have mm-hmm. to take what you can get. So the guy who played Kanaga, like he had to do the best with what he had. Absolutely. And I feel awful for him that he had to, play this role that he hated but like i don't blame him for taking the role no my problem with it is that mankiewicz said that he was inspired to create a black 
Bond villain because of the Black Panthers. And it sucks because they did so much socially. Like, they did a lot of good things. And people like to concentrate on the idea that they are, uh, they were violent. And there was so much more to them. See, have you, have you ever read any Roger Moore's books? No. He's written quite a few biographies. And a lot of them are about his time on the Bond movies. And, uh, and he's pretty open. He was pretty open about, like, there was things that he really didn't want to do as Bond, but they were in the script and he had to do them. But there's a few instances where he was like, oh, I really don't like that. <laughs> I hate that this is in my Bond movie. Uh, and, yeah, he wasn't really pleased about this sort of thing either. Yeah, all I remember ever seeing Roger Moore in is an episode of Alias. All right, yeah. Well, Roger Moore was actually, he was older than Sean Connery. And Sean Connery had retired by this point as Bond. Oh, I just remembered another problem. I can just give you that one because I have a third problem. Right, okay. You know, not having my notes like, well, really sucks. Like, I, because I wasn't going to do the racism as one of my problems because I figured you were going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to, but you can't really avoid it. You can't avoid yeah. it. What I would say is that, and this is not for me to argue against, but Yafit Koto says he doesn't like the way that Kananga is written, but I I quite like Kananga as a villain because I think he's really smart. Um, and that's why he pretends to be Mister Big because Mister Big, that's like, this is the bad guy. Um, this is the stereotypical sort of uh, drug lord bad guy, but the actual bad guys are really incredibly, you know, uh, soft spoken. Um. Uh, genius, and I think I, I get what Mankiewicz was going for there, but it's still incredibly fucking racist yeah. the rest of the movie. Uh, but yeah, so what is your first problem then, since you've fought another one? Okay, it's a two-parter, um, and I'm not sure about the first part. I might be wrong. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when I was reading trivia, I saw a bunch of stuff about the, the real snakes they used, mm. and that the guy at the beginning that they... Uh, kill with a snake that he was so scared of the snake that he fainted do you know if that snake that kills him was real or fake i think it was i don't know it looked actually. it looked fake as hell to me i think it was fake okay because the one the one that gets burned as well was fake okay because it it looked really fake to me which was a problem for me but then whenever i was reading about real snakes i was like well is my problem I th and I think that happened recently that I had a problem and it I was wrong about it. Oh, it was like it was like a helicopter shot. Short circuit too. Yeah, yeah. So this is one of them. But my second part of the problem is that could they not have like taken a minute to put some bite marks on the guy's neck? <laughs> yeah, his neck is yeah. bare, and he has supposedly just died of a snake bite to the neck. I know, it's not very well done. But the the snake, whether or not it was real, it looked fake as hell. And mm -hmm. I, I think it was fake. Yeah, I'm looking to see if it was... Oh, I think it's real. Mm -hmm. But the snake they use doesn't have any venom. Okay. So it was a real snake, but apparently um, it's an emerald tree boa, and they don't have venom. Okay. So they used a snake that wouldn't have hurt him. Okay, well, they should have... I don't know. It didn't look real to me. Um, no, I don't... I, I'm not entirely sure it was real, but... 
but I'm pretty sure they didn't kill a real snake, which you would think would be like, well, duh, but this was 1973. <laughs> but you know what? I just realized I was able to watch snakes in this movie, so I guess my I guess I'm getting a little better because what we talked about See? during the craft is my fear of snakes and that I can't even watch them on screen. <coughs> I was thinking about you when I was watching that. I was like, fuck, I forgot the snakes in this movie. Maybe I was able to handle it because I thought it was fake. Yeah, probably. I even thought the one in the bathroom was fake, but that was real. Yeah, the one when it was going down the the drainage pipe or whatever was real, but then when it got burned. Uh, The snake in Friday the 13th that gets cut in half was a real snake. Oh, I don't remember that movie very well. Yeah. And a scorpion dies for real in Predator. So, you know, back then, they didn't really give a shit. But I think these were fake snakes. I don't think they were actually... Because they did have, like, a snake wrangler. Mm. And because of the scene later on, where Barn Sandy falls into the coffin full of snakes, uh, you know, you needed someone to be there to look after them. So my second problem is, and it's one that's bothered me for years. It's one of those, Jen. It's one of those I've been thinking about mm-hmm. since I was a kid. Well, not really, since I've watched more Bond movies. Um, this is the only Bond movie that goes into the supernatural. Yeah. It's the only one. And there are 17 movies after this. <laughs> That's it's so the first movies. one and it's the last. So many. Yeah. Uh, and Solitaire's story is quite disturbing as well. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm going to... Because... She's part of the supernatural part. But it said that she'll lose her powers if she loses her virginity. Oh, I'm going to get into that. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that. But anyway, I don't like the supernatural elements of it. Because it never comes back in any of the other movies. It's, it's all, they're all very straightforward. Apart from the fact that there's a pigeon that takes a, does a double take in one of the movies. Which you could call supernatural. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah. I don't like the supernatural elements. Right, so what's your second problem then? Well, this is, it's, you know, I've heard for years about the problematic stuff with Bond girls and uh, watching this, it's like, yeah, I had a problem with, with the, I had a problem with the women in this movie. Mm. Um, first of all, I read that his, like the main Bond girl, the Jane Seymour role was supposed to be black. Yeah. Um, but then the studio was like, no, we're not doing interracial relationships here. Yeah. Um, and that's a real bummer. Like, it, there would have been some stereotype problems there, too, with, um, like, the fortune telling and stuff. Yeah. Just, like, with the voodoo in the movie. Sure. But it would have been nice to see a black Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, I'm glad that they at least got to have him sleep with one. Like, well, that there was something there. Rosie, but... Rosie is classed as a Bond girl. She is? Yeah, a Bond girl is when James Bond sleeps with a woman. She's classed as a Bond girl. Okay, so even if they're evil... It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Either. She's still classed okay. as a Bond girl, yeah. Okay. Um, but, like I said, I don't know anything about these movies. Yeah, but uh, she Rosie was actually the first black Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but as... But you're right, though, because they wouldn't have the good one, the, the good Bond girl be black. Mm-hmm. Now that the seal's been broken with, like, a classic Bond movie, I may go back and watch some, some others. There are some... There are some solid movies in there. Like, there definitely is. It just sucks. You'd think there'd be some sort of platform where they're all streaming for free, but there's not. Not in the UK. Sorry, US. No, not in the US. Yeah. We have them all prime here. 
um, because of the MGM. Yeah, and that's what I thought would happen. And I thought I had downloaded um, the file you sent me in time, um, but I hadn't, and I really needed to watch it, so I did end up renting it from Prime just because I wanted to get it watched. Um, And I I really thought it would be free on Prime Yeah. um, whenever I realized it was MGM. Um, but yeah, my, my problem with the women, it's like not just, um, the rosy thing, um, and the racism of the studio, but, uh, it is solitaire and the fact that her powers are linked to her virginity and that's gross. Yep. And like, there's too much talk about sex with her and like what it'll do. But I also have a problem with the fact that, like, Bond's supposed to be so insatiable that after this woman loses her virginity to him, like, she's ready for more immediately. I That's know. not how it works um, with with most women. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, even when they're in trouble and they're, like, trying to get away from bad guys or whatever, she's like, we need a place with a bed. Like, I know. that's ridiculous ridiculous like i he must be really good in bed because these women he's supposed to be yeah i know that but it's like i i really hate in movies when people are in dangerous situations and they get really horny i know and it's like you should be worried right now yeah you should be very worried because you are running for your life that's something you brought up and um i still know what he did last summer with mckay pfeiffer's character and that yeah yeah, he was horny all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a problem. And at least there you could be like, he's a younger guy and stereotypically mm-hmm. younger guys are horn dogs. But like, Roger Moore's much older and he clearly gets, well, but it's not him, it's her. Mm-hmm. I know. Like, it it's so ridiculous. Um, that just really bothered me because there's already plenty of sex in the movie. You don't need more of more of that. Yeah. Um. Although, poor her, she's had to remain a virgin for so long, maybe she was just happy to finally get some. I don't know. But I hate that her powers are linked to her virginity. Um, That's just really gross. My my problem with it is Kananga. Um, Because he says, your power exists to serve me and it is mine to control. If and when the time comes I decide you are to lose it, I myself will take it away. Yeah, that's like, I'm gonna rape you. Yeah. That's Which not is problematic. Right. It's problematic on two levels. One, it's always bad if somebody threatens to rape someone. Mm-hmm. But two, you have the whole issue of like this the uh, racial stereotype of black men raping white women. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Like when it comes to um, Emmett Till, like that was the thing is like that supposedly he had hit on a white woman, mm-hmm. and that's what got him killed. Or even the the Tulsa race massacre started because of supposedly a black man hitting on a white woman. Yeah. And that's just, and all that is, is hitting on them. Like, but there's been, you know, there's a whole history of women, white women lying about black men raping them. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's, that's like, I think the most disgusting racial stereotype to me in this movie. Yeah. Because it's, it's something that's used as a weapon in real life. Absolutely. Yeah. But here it's just really like a, it's like a gag. Because as soon as she loses it, she's horny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say no woman has ever been like that. No. But, well, and, but it's, and it's like immediate too. She's like, let's go again. Like immediately. Yeah. Or he, he says it and she seems happy. I can't remember. Um, no, she says it. Oh, she does. Okay. Um, God, it just, it 
like these women and they seem like i hate how helpless they seem yeah like yeah rosie's when when i thought rosie was an agent i'm like wow she's really bad at her job yeah. and then when i found out she was a double agent i was like I, okay maybe she wasn't good at her job on purpose <laughs> but then she still seems really uh terrible <laughs> yeah really terrible <laughs> Once we find out. And so yeah. it's like, can I want to see a strong woman. Do the Daniel Craig movies have more strong women? Yeah. Have I heard that correctly? Yeah, but we do tend... As the movies go on, you do tend to get more. Well, Daniel Craig ones do, obviously. But there are strong women in the um, Pierce Brosnan ones as well. In the 90s. Okay. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is one of the Bond girls in um, Tomorrow Never Dies. And she kicks ass. She is... God, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once. Like now, I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. Now I'm obsessed. With I haven't her. I seen it so yet, much. but I'm hoping to see oh, it soon. Oh, it's so good. She's so good. Yeah. Oh, I've always loved Michelle Yeoh since I've saw uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Actually, uh, that, I think that was the first movie I saw her in back in the nineties. I just think she's awesome. Uh, no one ever talks about Pierce Brosnan. Is he a good Bond? Yes, I think so. A lot of, uh, some people don't like him, but I like him. I do recommend Timothy Dalton's movies, though. Mm-hmm. Um, he did two. He did um, Living Daylights and License to Kill, both in the late, 90, uh, late 80s, sorry. License to Kill is just basically like your standard um, American 80s action movie, but mm-hmm. with Bond in it. Uh, but uh, Living Daylights is pretty good. So I like those two yeah. movies. Do you have to watch any in, in order, or are they all pretty standalone? They're pretty standalone. Okay, even the Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig ones you have to watch in order, because they're one okay, continuous story. But the the older Bonds, you can watch any old. Okay. Because it'd be cool to at least see one of every Bond. Yeah. I'd recommend, then, From Russia With Love, Sean Connery. Um, if you want to watch another one, uh, Roger Moore's um, Spy Who Loved Me, maybe? Uh Octopussy's just um, silliness. <laughs> With a name like that, you'd expect it to be. Uh, I would recommend both of Timothy Dalton's ones, but maybe the Living Daylights more than License to Kill. Depends on your mood. <laughs> if you want a traditional Bond movie, then it's Living Daylights. If you want an 80s action movie, it's License to Kill. And I love Tomorrow Never Dies, which is Pierce Brosnan's second movie. So I would recommend those ones. Yeah, everyone says Goldeneye for Pierce Brosnan, but I've never really been a huge fan of Goldeneye. I don't know why. I just I appreciate it because it was mm-hmm. like bringing Bond back, but I prefer his second movie. So my third problem is Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Yeah, I didn't understand the whole point of even having like the sheriff stuff. Yeah, yeah, I hate him so much. He's in, He's He's actually in two Bond movies. He's in this and he's in The Man with the Golden Gun, which is the follow-up to this. I'll say this. There there was something he said that I thought was racist, and now I think it isn't. What'd they say? He kept calling him boy. Like, that's like a racist thing, like like calling calling a black man boy. Yeah, but then he, he says it to but everyone. He, yeah, he says it to everyone. So it's, it's, it's not racist. No. But since the first time he says it is to a black man, it yeah, yeah, feels yeah. racist. But I think that's... That's what Tom Mankiewicz was doing, though. I think he was, like, just playing up this southern, southern sort of sheriff and, you know, stereotype that 
you didn't really, I don't even know if that was a stereotype in movies at this point, because I don't think, say, like, Smoking the Bandit was later than mm. this, I think. I've never seen that. No, you never see those movies either? No, and I'm surprised because my dad really likes that movie. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't make me watch it. Um, Well, I'm going to, I'm not going to pick that at some point, but I'm going to pick Cannonball Run at some point. Okay. Which, never also, seen which also has Roger Moore in it. But okay. that would be our first foray into Burt Reynolds movies. <laughs> yeah, so Sheriff J.W. Pepper's just annoying and pointless and I just can't stand him. He, he serves no purpose in this whatsoever. And the fact that he's, I think he's hes on vacation or something in the next movie and he's in civilian clothes and he just accidentally ends up with Bond and then he's in it for 10 minutes again and then he disappears and it's like, I think they were going to try and bring him back. Like every mm-hmm. Roger Moore Bond movie, but then they just gave up, which is good. But yeah, that was my third problem. What is your third problem? That boat chase goes on way too long. I've got that written down as well, yeah. As much as I love stunts, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of impressive stunts in it, it was just, it goes on for far too fucking long. <laughs> that, that was the problem I'd forgotten about that I remembered, is that it is just insanely long, and I hate it. Like, they could have cut out so much of that and it would have been fine. It would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been a cool chase had they cut out some of it. But instead, it just seems like it drags on forever. Yeah. Uh, Guy Hamilton, who directed this, this wasn't, like, his first Bond movie. He directed Goldfinger, uh, Diamonds of Forever, which are both Sean Connery movies. And he directed Live and Let Die, obviously, and The Man with the Golden Gun, which is the next one after this. Uh, so, but he's all, he also did lots of other sort of spy movies and stuff. Uh, and he also directed Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins, which I was going to pick at some point because it stars Fred Ward, who just recently passed away. Mm. But I don't think I watched that when I was a kid. I can't remember, but I would have picked that. Anyway, yeah. So, and Tom Ankiewicz wrote a lot of Bond movies as well. So, uh, but yeah, it goes on far too long, that fucking chase. And I love stunts. You know me. I'm crazy mm-hmm. for stunts. And I do love a lot of the stuff. It's like when the, the boats come up onto the land and then I love all that stuff, but... I love the bride crying. <laughs> <laughs> she has every right to cry. Like, I get it. But it's just funny. See, what does that say about you? <laughs> Dude, that I would cry. Like, her cake got ruined. Like Yeah, at the cake, yeah, that would be horrible. But That's like the last straw where I would start crying. Because, like, imagine you've been planning this wedding for so long and everything's perfect. And then a boat just goes through and ruins your cake yeah. and disrupts the whole thing. It That would be upsetting. And I'm not even someone who gives a shit about like I didn't care about my wedding. I I didn't care about planning it. But not that I didn't care about my wedding. I no, I know wedding. what you mean. Yeah, and so even I would have cried. I think. Yeah. And my cake, my cake was prettier than that cake, though. Cool. <laughs> Tom Mankiewicz also wrote Diamonds Are Forever, uh, and then he wrote Man with the Golden Gun after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was his. He only did three Bond movies. But listen to this, Jen. Okay. Tom Mankiewicz also wrote Superman the movie. Wow. And he was the writer and director of Dragnet, the Dragnet movie with Tom Hanks. I, I need to see that again because when I saw it, I fucking hated it. 
Um, but part of the problem is I um lo- oh it looks like some some Bond movies are free on Prime or at least a couple. Sorry, I interrupted myself. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched the Dragnet TV show. Yeah, and I loved it. And this is like an elementary school or whatever. I loved it, and I didn't know that the movie was going to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. That the movie was not going to be like the show, and I got yeah. real mad. It was also the first time I ever saw uh, tassels on nipples because they're in a strip club at one point, mm-hmm. and I felt very uncomfortable with that, and was glad that my dad uh, decided not to watch it with me. <laughs> so um, that was my big problem. But by the way, do you want to know the two Bond movies that are available on Prime? Yeah, Skyfall and Goldeneye. How random is that? <laughs> That's those very the, random. Those are the two that are free to me. Yeah, you could watch Goldeneye. That's Pierce Brosnan's first. I'm going to have to check all the apps because sometimes things are randomly free on like from like series and stuff on different apps. I know Pluto TV had them for a while, but that would have been with ads. So yeah, I'm not I'm not dealing with ads. I'm too old for that. (laughs) Um, Tom Mankiewicz actually directed Delirious, the John Candy movie that we covered. Oh yeah, yeah. I barely remember that. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my positive. Last week I picked the soundtrack for um, <laughs> uh, uh, Adventures in Babysitting. I forgot if I can did the last time there. Um, and I can't pick the soundtrack, which is good because I'm not a huge fan of the soundtrack. Uh, the score to this movie was done by George Martin, mm-hmm. uh, who is the producer for The Beatles. And he was mm-hmm. often known as the Fifth Beatle he was that important to their sound and he did the score in this movie uh but my can i say something about the soundtrack yeah do you want to hear how stupid i am always i i didn't know that paul mccartney song was a bond theme even though i knew there was a movie with the same title i never knew that was a bond theme yeah that's my positive as the theme tune as the theme song <laughs> oh, okay it's live and let die because i love that song so much it's a good and song. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do like quite a lot of the Bond themes. There's a mm-hmm. lot of them that are good. But yeah, that's that's my favourite Bond theme is Live and Let Die. Even if it's not grammatically correct in some of the <laughs> things he says, it's, uh, it's still a, a great song. So what is your positive then? Well, first of all, I want to tell you a story that I just thought was kind of cute and surprising. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the podcast Smartless? No. It's um, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett, and Jason Bateman. All right. And the the concept is that every week one of them brings in a guest and the other two don't know who it's going to be. Right. Um, which is interesting because they can't prepare questions or anything. Yeah. Um, so I just started listening to it this week and it's really good. And I listened to one where uh, one of them brought in uh, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas. Mm-hmm. And they were asking them about the James Bond theme and how that came about. And they said that they were asked by, like, I don't know if it was an agent or who it was, but they were asked by someone, you know, with involved with their career, mm-hmm. what they, like, what was a dream they wanted to do? Like, what was something they were really into? And they expected them to say something, like, totally different, something huge. Mm-hmm. But they were both, like, a Bond theme, which I thought, I mean, they're so young, and especially Billie Eilish, so young. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that a Bond theme was, like, their number one thing they wanted yeah. to do. I thought that was really cute. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that, and it was surprising. So, uh, there's that. <laughs> um, do you want to know something? What? I've never heard that Bond song yet. 
Really? Never heard it. I may have, it may have been on in the background in radio at some point, and it's never really. I've never acknowledged that's what it is. I've never actively like listened to it because mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie yet, and mm-hmm. I will mo- watch the movie. But it's two and a half hours long or some shit. Yeah. Uh, or longer than that actually, and I'm like, oh, no. but no, I've never actually actively listened to that song. I've heard the song once. I heard it uh, the day it premiered, um, but it's been so long ago because Bond kept getting pushed because of yeah. COVID. So that must have been like at least a couple of years ago, right? It was, yeah. Which is insane. Um, but yeah, my positive, uh, besides just Billie Eilish being adorable, wanting to do a James Bond theme that has nothing to do with this movie, mm-hmm. um, is Roger Moore. I just really liked watching Roger Moore. I thought he was really good. And he was <laughs> like, he was charming. and But not like, I expected him to be douchier. Like everything I hear about James Bond, I just expect him to be kind of a douchebag, except for Daniel Craig. Um, that's more. That's more Sean Connery's thing. I yeah, think. And, I, and I think that's because Sean Connery is seems to be like the to a lot of people like the James Bond. Yeah, he, he's not really like a douchebag. He's more like um, Sean Connery's Bond is more just like he doesn't take shit. He's just okay. not uh, like this. I imagine that Roger Moore's Bond would maybe try and talk people down more. Mm-hmm. Roger Moore, he would probably talk, you know, and he'd be polite about it, whereas Sean Corney's Bond would just smack you in the face and just tell you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, you know. Even if you're a woman. Even if you're a woman. Yeah. I hate Sean Connery. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Roger Moore seemed kind. Which yeah, I wasn't expecting like he comes off as much kinder, and I think it's really interesting to hear, like you know, and I've heard this in recent years a lot that I always kind of assumed James Bond was James Bond, right? Mm-hmm. But to hear that he changes depending on who is playing him, yeah, that's really interesting to me, and and it makes yeah. sense why it would go on for so long that it's not the same thing every time. But no, I, I like Roger Moore. Roger Moore is um, I don't like all of his movies, and I don't like all of his Bond movies, but I do like him. I would say he was my Bond, whereas people would say Sean Corney. Although now people would say Daniel Craig. Um, yeah. Well, but- I and I, I remember when I saw uh, Casino Royale, and I like I kind of reluctantly watched it because I was so proud of the fact that I'd never seen a James Bond movie. But just like that first scene with the parkour and stuff, <laughs> like he immediately had me. I was like, "This is cool." And Dylan's like, "This isn't like the other movies." Like I, you know, yeah. watching that, I was like, "I'll watch Bond movies now." And he was like, "No, you won't." Um, <laughs> But, the, but you did, th- you watched one, Jen. I did, I did, because I had to. Um, <laughs> the funny thing about Pierce Brosnan is, like, people think of him as Bond. Some people think of him as, like, his character from Remington Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my introduction, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Goldeneye the one that had the video game that all the boys were obsessed with? Yeah. I remember having to spend hours watching friends play that in college. It's... They were obsessed, and I still hear men bring it up. Apparently, it was, like, the best game. Yeah. I've never played that, actually. I've seen people play it, but I've never played it. Um, so, my... I have notes. Okay. So my notes this week is... I just wrote down, names is for tombstones, baby. Because I like that line. Don't let me forget, I have trivia, too. Okay. Almost every black person turns out to be bad. Yeah. Except Quarrel Jr., Mm-hmm. Um and the agent whose name I can't remember. Who's in one scene? Who's in one two scenes. 
Two scenes, okay. And he dies. This had a few firsts for a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. It was the first Black Bond girl. It was the first pre-credit sequence without Bond. He's not mm-hmm. in the pre-credit sequence. Yeah. Uh, it's the first curse word in a Bond movie. It was shit. I said, mm-hmm. holy shit. It's the first Black Bond villain. And of course, it's Roger Moore's first movie. Uh, and yeah, I wrote down, he was 45 years old when he did this movie. And he was older than Sean Corney, <laughs> uh, who had officially retired at this point. But he, from the Bond movies, mm-hmm. but Sean Corney came back for an unofficial Bond movie in 1983. He came back to do Never Say Never Again, um, which, due to like a copyright, a weird copyright thing, uh, the writer of one of the Bond movies or some shit could have, he could make a Bond movie if he wanted, and he did Never Say Never Again, which is a remake of Thunderball, which is a movie he wrote, Sean Corney was in, uh, and it came out in 1983 alongside Octopussy, run about the same time as Octopussy, same year anyway, uh, which stars Roger Moore, and Octopussy won. <laughs> Octopussy kicked his ass, because Never Say Never Again is not very good. I do like... I, this is weird, right? But I do like that Kananga is given heroin away for free. <laughs> yeah. Because it will put like the groups who sell it out of business and you have a monopoly. <laughs> I think that's quite clever. <laughs> he's a, like, like you said, he's a very smart man. He's uh, a very smart which is, man. Which is good. Like, I mean, the, the movie could go even more racist and have mm. all the black people be idiots, but they're not. Yeah. Um, so at least, uh, that's so sad. At least there's not that racism. Yeah, at least it's um, not that racist, yeah. Like, there, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was looking up to see how racist people think it is. Because mm-hmm. it's, like, clearly racist, but it's, like, on what level are we at? Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's okay at all, but when we're looking at movies, like, older movies, where there's usually just white people. yeah. It's like I have to kind of see like what what level we're at. Yeah, you know? I think they they were trying. I do think they were trying to like include because they are going for black black exploitation, mm-hmm. which you know it, it does kind of do. It just also ha- happens to have a white lead. But I think Rosie is treated quite poorly in this movie mm-hmm. more than anybody else. My last note is. Shout out to the guy who sees Bond has decked some of his co-workers and shouts, Trouble! before raising the alarm. <laughs> so what is your your trivia, Jen? Okay, first of all, I love the cab driver and I was devastated when he was bad. Because... I, I quite up... like that. <laughs> I like well, this reveal. He... It's, my problem was is that I'm watching him and I'm like, Cool, a black character that isn't bad. And I, I don't even... It's like, I actually do like the reveal. It's just mm-hmm. that... It was like every single black character turned out to be bad, and I kind of hoped that like the friendly cab driver would be good. But at one point he says, um, "Like wh- what was it?" He says, "Like for twenty dollars, I'll drive you to a clan rally." Yeah. Um, which I thought was funny, but I'm also like, "Well, twenty dollars, and you know me." Yeah, yeah, I was thinking. So I, I looked it up that. on my inflation ca- uh, calculator today. And $20 would be $126.64. So he would drive him to a Klan rally for $126. Yeah. 
But, I mean, I imagine $20 probably was a lot of money back then, though. Yeah, yeah, especially, like, I mean, it would have been a lot more money a year ago, but now we got inflation over here. <laughs> I like the cab driver, and I like the reveal, when, but I just, if he didn't come back later on, I would have preferred it. Yeah. Because I like the fact that he is just making money. Mm-hmm. I just like that, I just think, yeah, he's just making money. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said oh, they're on their way in, but that could have been it. He could have just drove away and, you know, not really been a part of it and just earned money. Like he could have been somebody they just paid once or something. Yeah, yeah. But then he came back, so mm-hmm. I don't I don't like that. And Because he, he was a bad guy. So that's our discussion on a Bond movie. So what are we covering next week, Jen? Surprise me. Uh, I didn't remember what I decided. So okay. as we sat here recording, I had to figure it out. And I figured out something that I actually need to watch. So right. it's going to be election. Right. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell okay. you why it's election. It's because um, on June 7th, Tom Parada is releasing a book called uh, Tracy Flick Can't Win. And it's a right. sequel to election. Okay. And uh, election, the book, is in a lot of ways different from the movie. Um, but they're, I mean, they're pretty close. And... I don't know if I'm going to have time to reread the book before the new one comes out. Mm-hmm. So I want to watch the movie. So we're okay. going to watch Election. Right. This is, is this going to be a drop dead gorgeous situation, Jen, where it's supposed to be satirical? And <laughs> No, I, I've already thought of one problem I have. Right. Okay. No problem. Right. So we're doing Election from, is it 99? 98? Uh, 98 or 99, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, I just remembered, it's an MTV film, which is so weird. Yeah. It's a little classy for an MTV film. Yeah. Do you remember what the first MTV movie was? Uh, was it Joe's Apartment? Yeah, Joe's Apartment, yeah. Is, why is this information in my head? Like, I just took an accounting class and I probably forgot half of what I learned. Yeah. But I know that Joe's Apartment, which is a movie I've never seen, uh-huh. is the first MTV movie. Yeah, I have. I rented it out when it first came out on VHS. I want to watch Bugs. Yeah, I've never watched that again because I, I hate cockroaches, but, you know, not have I ever seen a cockroach in real life, but, yeah. There was a time when they were publishing a lot of novels, and I've read a handful of MTV books because they were actually really good. Perks of Being a Wallflower is an MTV book. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I And I want to say that was the first book they published, and that's mm-hmm. become kind of a a teen classic. Yeah. So, that's all we have time for. If you'd like to follow the podcast, uh, it's at Drop the Pilot Pod. Con- uh, shiftybench.co.uk is the website. Contact at shiftybench.co.uk is the email address. Um, if you've got an idea of what other Bond movie we could cover, not saying we ever will, but mm-hmm. if you've got any ideas of what we what one we could cover that could be problematic let us know where can people follow you on the internet uh, at pilot inspectors on twitter excellent thank you all for listening we'll speak to you all next day goodbye goodbye
secret agent on whose side? 